0: the semester is almost over. In fact, for some of our students, it already is. Finals are done, finals are getting wrapped up, and graduation ceremonies have already begun. We have a fairly large number of students in AFC for whom this is their last semester, they're graduating. And uh, certainly, we want to congratulate them, and we also want to hear some words of wisdom from them, maybe more so for their colleagues who are still waiting to graduate, but some for us as well. So we're going to run a video at this time of college students who are about to graduate. Radically pursue Christ in
1: everything you do. Um, I think that we're going to get extremely busy after college, and we're going to be more of what we are in college. So I I think that the best use of our time in college, while not neglecting studies, is to radically pursue Christ, and to find a group around you that is doing the same, that's so encouraging. Hi,
0: my name is Sarah, and here's a few things that I've learned in my time in the AFC. The first thing is that what God craves is your persistence, not your perfection. The second thing is get to know the people of this church because they're so willing to pour into your life and seek help, whether that's through mentors or through counseling offered through the church or through the university. It's not shameful. Listen to new ideas because you'll grow from them, whether you agree with it or not. And it's okay to say no in order to make room for better yeses. All right, rapid fire advice um lane's is better than cane's Fuegos better than torchies um if you need to eat cheap make a casserole also guys learn how to cook girls like a guy who can cook um find good friends find friends that want to go to church on sunday and not northgate on saturday night um take an east 199 classes that when you're at a&m they're really fun they keep you active and uh you can make some good friends in it um live in Bryan instead of call station it's cheaper howdy My
1: name is Will Pennon, and as you may have figured out from this video, I'm a senior. Um, My advice would be to read or reread the book of Ecclesiastes. Um, College is a time in your life where a lot of people will tell you a lot of things about what matters in life, what will bring you happiness and satisfaction, um, and Ecclesiastes pulls no punches in setting the record straight. Uh, Ecclesiastes is only 12 chapters long, and so I won't spoil the ending for you, uh, but it's well worth the read.
0: Hi, my name's Tori. My advice would be to value your education, but don't overvalue it. And what I mean by that is, yes, it is important to get good grades, but a couple bad grades, they won't, it won't kill you. I promise I've survived. It is important to hang out with your friends, make memories, because when looking back at college, that I'm guaranteed that's what you're going to remember. My piece of advice is to fully understand idols from a biblical perspective and identify those in your life. You might not have a golden calf in your living room, but there are modern day equivalents that we might not recognize. This is important because idols often stand in our way between us and God, and whenever we're searching for his fulfillment, if we remove those, we'll have a more direct connection and relationship with him. Hi, my name is Kristen Kirkpatrick and I have five pieces of advice. Number one, learn how to say yes to the things that you want to say yes to and no to the things that you want to say no to. Number two, you will never regret building relationships with people. Number three, time spent doing the things that you love and that fulfill you is not wasted time. Number four, take advantage of the free time that you have right now. I know you think you're busy, but you're not that busy and i you will never have this much free time again. Number five, do whatever it takes, whatever it takes to walk with God. Hi, church family, I literally just got canes from the back of the car. Say hi, Jacob. Hey, church family. Say hi, Mason. Hey. Um, my advice for the church is that, one, is never stop praying because God's always listening. And the more you worship, the less you worry. Um, and that In-N-Out Burger is better than a water burger. Love you guys. All right. So my advice for the people that are going to be hanging around here after all of us cool kids have left is number one, um, don't be afraid to get uncomfortable. So this is a great opportunity. College is a great time um, for you to be uncomfortable. And these are most of the time opportunities for you to be able to grow. Um, Number two is kind of explore yourself right now. So don't be afraid to try new things. Don't be afraid to find out what you like, what you don't like. Um, And don't be afraid to like find what your passions are. And the last thing is call your parents. They love you. And they miss you. Hey, AOC family, my name is Lauren Eckert, I'm driving. <laughs> this could go a little goofy like uh,
1: but i have two big pieces of advice for you i was at a stop site anyways i have two big pieces of advice for you the first one is to surround yourself with people who love you for who you
0: are and who encourage you in your faith daily and number two is to go and meet new people and if you see someone by themselves go talk to them because you never know i've met some of my best friends doing that so i definitely encourage you to do that um, but that's all that i have have For you, I hope that you have a great year, and I love each and every one of you. So, peace
1: out. Hey guys, my name is Jacob,
0: and the big piece of advice that I'd like to get across is um, is just to be aware of how important um, the things that go on with the body of Christ. You know, whether that's A and M Church of Christ or whether that's AFC, um, how important those things are, and to take them seriously. You know, whether that's serving or um, leading or, or worshiping or teaching, you know. Um, there's so many different ways to, to be part of, of this family, and I don't think that word uh, family is used lightly. I think we're supposed to spend life together, and I want people to be aware of that and recognize how important the things that go on here are. Howdy, my name is Justin Hoover. Um, some advice I would give is to keep Jesus your focus. Um, whenever Jesus is your focus, it's so much easier to live a godly life. It's So much easier to cast off all of that temptation and sin, Um, and also to get involved in the church as much as you can, uh, because they're they are a community that you are going to rely on um, to encourage and uplift you, and um, in turn you do the same for them. And I really pray that that grows and that that continues to uh, shine as you know y'all go forward, and hopefully it'll lead into. Outside of college. Howdy everyone, my name is Ali Wenzel, and I don't have a lot of time, so I'm going to tell you the things that helped me in college, but I won't be able to really tell you why, okay? So I would say um, listen to Christian music, go to InnerGen, multiple InnerGens maybe. I would tell you to learn more about yourself, to call your friends and family, reach out if you haven't heard from a friend in a while, reach out. Maybe they're really struggling, go be there for them, buy your friends lunch every now and then, maybe they'll buy it for you every now and then, just be a nice Person, be kind and respectful and love your neighbor as yourself how do y'all I got three main pieces of advice for you one find friends that are different from you don't surround yourself with people that are all exactly the same as you are two don't stress so much about knowing exactly what you're gonna do when you get out of college find things that interest you and pursue them the rest will come along the way third challenge yourself spiritually now is your time to take your faith on for your own so you need to put yourself in positions where your faith will be tested and be forced to grow You don't wanna have the same faith you had at the end of college that you had coming in.
1: Howdy, my name is Mason. Uh, The advice I have to give to the younger
0: members of AFC are be yourself. Uh, Your parents are paying for your degree, not for you to find a future spouse. You can still do that, just make the degree your priority. Uh, Ask for help when you need it, seek community within the church, find opportunities to serve, and last but certainly not least, forgive those as you would want to be forgiven. Howdy, my name is Caitlin Dillingham and I'm a senior special education major. Some advice that I have for you is don't compare yourself to others and their successes. You're your own person on your own timeline and that's okay. Pray and wait and trust that God has this amazing and beautiful plan for you. Secondly, continue saying yes even after your freshman year. Say yes to midnight yell, say yes to 1 a.m. volleyball games. Say yes to going to the rodeo with people you just met in AFC. Continue saying yes. Manage your time so that you can say yes all the way up and through your senior year. Giggum and God bless. Hey guys, this is a message to the current AFC students um, and I just wanted to say some advice it's okay to go with the flow. It's okay to not know exactly what you want to be, what job you want, where you want to see yourself in 20 years. It's okay to not know those things. Um, You know, this is what college is about, figuring out who you are, figuring out what you want to be. And so my biggest point of recommendation is to figure out who you are before you figure out who you're going to be. And if you can follow that, you'll be just fine. So since I'm a senior uh, as I'm on my way out. I was asked to give some advice. And I don't think I can give advice to the whole entire congregation, but I can give some advice to AFCers. In my opinion, the best thing you can do while you're in AFC is join Energens. Join any of them. Um, I had Sid and Amy Walker for a long time, uh, and they are literally the best mentors I've ever had in my life. Um, so, yeah, do that. How do you? My name is Ethan, and in about a week or two, I'll be graduating, and if there was one piece of advice that I were to give to younger college students, and even myself right now, I would say that it's important to remember what actually matters, even when life gets busy. By that, I mean that there will always be more work, more tests, more things to deal with, but relationships with others, and especially relationship with God, is really what matters. At the end of college, I don't regret not spending more time on homework. I regret not investing more in those around me.
1: Big advice for you, one, get to know people in the congregation. They have a lot to offer, a lot of wisdom, and they buy you free meals and
0: coffee. Um, two, make sure you're constantly in the word. I would recommend doing it with people, whether that's roommates, girls' Bible study, whatever that looks like, boyfriend. Um, third would be get to know people within AFC besides your clique. That means getting to know all um, ages, freshmen, sophomore, junior, seniors, and make
1: sure that you're branching out and trying to always meet new people. Thank you for that great advice, words of wisdom. That was uh, wonderful, so we appreciate you sharing. But more than that, uh, class of 21, we just really appreciate what you've meant to the AFC. And all that you've meant to our church, thank you for the blessing that you have brought. And and we will be praying for you as you enter into new uncharted territory. And we hope that you will remember where we are and come back and visit us as often as you can. So you are greatly loved and will be deeply missed. I've asked Ethan, Ethan to come up and... To help me read the scripture, Uh, Ethan is one of those that you saw in the video, and Ethan is also um, about to head out, so Ethan, thank you for being willing to do that. If you have your Bibles, you'll want to open them to the book of 2 Corinthians, and we will be reading from chapter 3, and we're, we're going to be using the New Living Translation, so... I will, this is a, the topic that we'll be looking at is a little bit complicated, and so this is a simplified uh, version, and so you may want to read along in your version as Ethan reads the scripture.
0: Are we beginning to praise ourselves again? Are we like others who need to bring you letters of recommendation or ask you to write such letters on their behalf? Surely not. The only letter of recommendation we need is you yourselves. Your lives are a letter written in our hearts. Everyone can read it and recognize our good work among you. Clearly, you are a letter from Christ showing the result of our ministry among you. This letter is written not in pen and ink, but with the spirit of the living God. It is carved not in tablets of stone, but on human hearts. We are confident of all this because of our great trust in God through Christ. It is not that we think we are qualified to do anything on our own. Our qualification comes from God. He has enabled us to be ministers of his new covenant. This covenant not written of laws, but of the Spirit.
1: Wow. Thank you, Ethan. Now, before you sit down, I want to ask you a couple of questions, if that's all right, because you are in a, a really special place right now. You are in that, that time where you're actually looking back and just reflecting on the past four years that you've had, but you're also looking forward to many, many new things that are awaiting you. So tell us what that's like for you right now.
0: I mean, it's super exciting. I think that it's really shown me in college, like I mentioned in the video, the importance of those relationships. I think that I took them for granted, but it's not the assignments, the homeworks, the grades. It's the
1: relationships that matter. Yeah, I appreciate that. So in the text you just read, there was a lot of one word that was used, and that word was letter. And I was just going to ask you, just out of curiosity, did it, do you have any letters that really made an impact on your life or helped shape uh, the direction that you were going? One really comes to mind. I had a letter of recommendation given to me. I'm
0: a leader in an org, and I have continually failed to meet every single deadline I've given myself. And I just felt like a failure, but seeing seeing his, seeing his our advisor's letter of recommendation that really praised me, it, it just gave me a lot of encouragement. And
1: I, I think that... That
0: helps me relate to this
1: a lot. Uh, well, I gave you this text a few days ago, and before I let you sit down, I just want to ask you, is there anything that jumped off the page and really spoke to you in a significant way from the text you just read? I think, just like the advice, the, there's so much that we can get
0: from these relationships. I know that it's very, very important. Now, I realize more than even in the past, to pour into other people and to be poured into because...
1: That's what matters. Relationship with God is what matters. Wow, Ethan, thank you, and thanks to the entire class of 2021. God bless you, and we'll we'll get into the text. Go ahead and take that with you. All right, I hope you've got your Bibles open to the Book of Second Corinthians, and we are in Chapter Three. And as Ethan talked about, there's there's a lot of mention of letters in that uh, chapter there, and I hope that as, as you were reading this text together, that you were thinking about letters that may have had an impact on your life. Maybe, maybe it was a letter of recommendation, like Ethan said, or maybe it was a letter of acceptance, acceptance to a university or acceptance to a job. Maybe it was a love letter that totally changed the direction of your affection in your heart, perhaps it was a, a thank you note or a, a sympathy note that you received at just the right time that made an impact on you and helped you make it through a, a, a time that was uh, that was clearly special for you as I thought about it, I think back to one of my favorite stories that my dad my dad actually tells, and that is i wouldn 't be here if it wasn 't a letter. My dad uh, was living in New York City and And the love of his life that he'd met that summer was living in in Texas, and so he realized that he wanted her to marry him, but he didn't have the money to be able to travel to Texas on his own, so he wrote a letter. He wrote a letter and sent it to... My mom, and I'm just so glad that he did that, and I'm even more glad that she said yes. If you haven't heard that story, you can ask him, it'll it'll be a fun one for for you to listen to. So so the next two weeks, to this week and next week, we're going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter 3. And there's this special line in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 that I would love for you to process. I'd love for you to just really spend some time. Uh, seeking a deeper meaning. Maybe circle it in your Bible. Maybe put stars around it or highlight it. But it's this verse right here. Clearly you are a letter from Christ. Think about that. Clearly you are a letter from Christ. I want us to unpack, unpack that particular statement there. And I want us to really walk away with a key point. And the key point is that letters are meant to be sent. Think about that. A letter does no good if it just remains in your drawer. Letters are meant to be sent. They're meant to be shared. And the question is, the question that I would like for everyone, all of us to wrestle with, is what is the message the world will receive when they read That you are a letter from Christ. What is the message that they receive from you individually? What is the message that they receive from us collectively? Actually, if you go back and you look at the original language, this is actually a plural you. If we were reading the Texas Revised Version, it would be y'all, okay? Y'all are a letter from Jesus Christ. What is it that our community sees? What do they read in this letter? And so before we get into the, the actual text, I'd like for us to just spend a little bit of time looking at this chapter in its context. The, look at a little of the background. Because Corinth was a real city, it had real people, it had real challenges. This letter that Paul wrote to Corinth, this 2 Corinthians is what we call it. Um, It was, the, the church was actually planted by Paul on his second missionary journey. It's located in Greece, what is now Greece. And you can read about this church. You can read about Paul going to Corinth in Acts chapter 18. Corinth was a large city. At that time it was actually the largest city in Greece. It had two seaports and that made it so very important as a city of wealth, as a city of commerce. And it was a crossroads city, a melting pot city. It was a city for trade. It was a city for religion of all kinds. And Paul was there for a year and a half. But then after Paul finished planting this church Paul moved on to go to other places and what happened when Paul left is that there were others who who we call as uh, we call opponents of Paul they moved in we call these opponents Judaizers and they came in and said I can't believe that you're actually listening to Paul because Paul is a false teacher Paul is teaching that you can be saved through Jesus alone, and they were saying that that's not accurate, that's not correct, because it's not just Jesus, is what they were saying. It had to be Jesus plus keeping the law of Moses, keeping the traditions that that were part of the law of Moses. Keeping the Sabbath, keeping circumcision, keeping the dietary laws. And so they were saying, you can't listen to Paul because Paul is a false teacher. But the second thing that they would say is that Paul is an imposter. He's not really an apostle. They began assaulting Paul's character. They said, Paul's not very impressive. He's not even a good speaker. I mean, why would you listen to Paul? Paul. And then they said this. Where is Paul's letter of recommendation? And so Paul writes this letter, 2 Corinthians, with a heavy heart. And you can can catch glimpses of it throughout the entire letter that he writes. He's heavy hearted because these are people that he loved. These are his children in the faith. And he's trying to struggle with how can he refute these character attacks without promoting himself? How can he do that? And so it's as if Paul's having this dialogue with these who have come and they're setting themselves up in opposition to Paul, and he starts with this question. Are we beginning to praise ourselves again? Are we like others who need to bring you letters of recommendation or who ask you to write such letters on their behalf? Surely not. You see, these opponents had come in and they said, we have letters of recommendation and they're signed by really important people. These letters say that we are a good teacher. These letters say that we're connected to the right leaders and the right people of influence and power these letters actually validate our ministry and they show up with these impressive letters and they ask they say well did Paul bring any letters of recommendation did someone sign their name to endorse Paul as a teacher The Corinthian Christians, they listened to that and they scratched their head a little bit and they said, hmm, come to think of it, we never saw any letters of recommendation from Paul. And these teachers would say, well, of course not. Not. Paul had no letters of recommendation because there was no one who would actually recommend Paul. And this was their way to undercut his teaching and to undercut his ministry. And so Paul, he asked this church that he started, the Corinthian church, he says, Do I need a letter of recommendation? And the answer is no. In verse 2 he says, The only letter of recommendation we need is you yourselves. Your lives are a letter written in our hearts. Everyone can read it and recognize our good work among you. Paul said, why in the world would I need a letter of recommendation? The proof of my ministry is the fruit of, of my ministry. If you want to know the status of my ministry, the status of my faith, then just look at the things that my faith and my ministry have produced. And then in verse 3, he comes to this, which is my favorite sentence in this entire chapter. He says, clearly, You are a letter from Christ showing the result of our ministry among you. You're my letter. Paul's saying, I don't know who signed the false teacher's letter, but I can tell you who signed my letter. It was Jesus Christ. He said, Just look around, just look around the room. You can see how the Holy Spirit has been changing lives. You can, you can see that it was the power of the Holy Spirit, not adherence to the law and the traditions. It was the Spirit of the living God. And so he says, this ministry that you're seeing is not a man-made ministry, but it's, it's not the result of human skill or or training it's not from natural gifts it's supernatural and he says what you're seeing it's it's the result of a change that comes not from the external but from the internal it's about the spirit of god living in our hearts and so he continues on and he says we are confident of all this because of our great trust in God through Christ. It is not that we think we are qualified to do anything on our own. Our qualification comes from God. He's enabled us to be ministers of His new covenant. This is a covenant not, writ- not of written laws, but of the Spirit. Now, if you can read that paragraph right there, without having to take a deep breath or without having to settle your your blood pressure a little bit, then I don't think you're reading it in the way that Paul would like for you to read it. When you think that we, when you think that we are Christ's letter to the world, Christ's message to the world, For me, this is an intimidating thought. God, you're planning to use me? God, you know my faults. God, you know my inadequacies. God, you know my failures. How can I be your representative, your love letter to the world? We look around at each other and and we know that we're not perfect. All of us here are sinners. All of us brought baggage into this room. All of us brought burdens into this room, failures into this room. And we look around and we see everybody and we say, Oh my goodness, we are Christ's letter to the world? But Paul says we are confident because our qualification comes from god so you can pick up on what paul's thinking here his opponents are saying you know paul's not very impressive i mean he's not impressive in the way he looks and he's not impressive in the way that he teaches you know he's not a good speaker we can attest to that Uh, he has no letters of recommendation and did you know that paul even has a questionable past No wonder no one would ever recommend him. When you look at Paul, he's just a very ordinary person. And so when they make these accusations, Paul listens to him and he shakes his head and he says, You know what? They're right. They're right. I don't have a letter of recommendation. They are absolutely right. But here's the thing, it's not about me. This ministry isn't about me. It's about the Spirit of God working in me and through me in ministry. In 1 Corinthians, Paul speaks to this a little bit. If you go back and you read his first letter to this church, he says, I came to you in weakness, timid and trembling. And my message and my preaching were very plain. Rather than using clever and persuasive speeches, I relied only on the power of the Holy Spirit. I did this so that you would trust not in human wisdom, but in the power of God. So when his opponents came and they belittled him and they said, Paul you're nothing special. You're so ordinary. Paul doesn't debate them. He doesn't try to refute it. He says, you know what? You're absolutely right. But our confidence isn't in ourselves. That's what he says here. And you know, when we think about it, sometimes when we begin thinking about giftedness, it leads us into the wrong directions. Wrong outcome. Sometimes when we think about our giftedness, we get prideful. And we begin to think, wow, isn't God really fortunate to have me on his team? Look at me. And and then the opposite is true as well. Sometimes when we begin thinking about giftedness, we begin to think, "Why, why are they more effective than me? We begin to compare ourselves. And neither of those are from God. And both of them lead us to the wrong place. But what Paul is saying here is that it's about having hearts of humility that guide us into a greater reliance on the Holy Spirit. A reliance on the Holy Spirit to work in us and to work through us with a power that changes hearts and impacts the world. And this is what Paul saying. He says, it's not that we think that we're qualified to do anything on our own. Our qualifications come from God. In the very next chapter, if you just flip the page over, Paul makes a, uses another metaphor. And he says, you know what? We are like just ordinary, run-of-the-mill, flawed clay pots. That's all we are. But what's inside that clay pot is a great treasure. We are treasures in jars of clay to make it clear that the power's not from us but it's from God oh my goodness what a beautiful what a beautiful thought then later on in chapter 12 as he continues writing this beautiful letter he said that's why that's why I take pleasure in my weakness he says because for when I am weak It's then when I'm strong, because when I'm weak, I'm allowing the Holy Spirit to use me, to change me, to mold me, and that's where the power and the strength comes from. So we've got this text. We've got these six powerful verses here, and whenever I study the Scriptures, I always like to to focus and ask myself, what does this passage tell me about God? What can I learn about God from these verses? And the first thing that I would like to suggest is we see the unimaginable plan of God the Father. I mean, think about it. This is a plan. I went back, you know, I was thinking through this and I started thinking about Acts chapter 2 and Pentecost Day, this exciting time when the disciples are gathered together and the Holy Spirit is poured out upon them and all of this power, the wind, the fire. And, and, I'm, and I imagine the angels up in heaven looking down and say, oh my goodness, this is big. Something big's about to happen. We've been waiting for this moment for all of eternity. We are going to finally see God's plan. And they wait, and they wait. Huh. This is a little depo- disappointing. You mean God's going to use the church? Doesn't God know that they're weak? Doesn't that God know that they're flawed? Doesn't God know that they're imperfect? You can just hear the angels chattering. Well, what's going on? And it's only later that they begin to see the wisdom of God and begin to marvel at it that God in His sovereign power can use imperfect people to change the world. The second thing I see is the overwhelming love of God the Son, Jesus. That Jesus... Was willing to leave heaven. To put on flesh. To live. And to bear our sin in himself. So that he actually took our punishment. Which was separation from God. He took our sin with him into the Dark place of separation from God that was controlled by the evil one. I mean, if you can think about what Jesus has done and not get choked up, maybe we've heard the story too many times and it doesn't mean as much to us anymore. Oh my goodness, the overwhelming love of God, the Son. Jesus. But then we also see in this passage the incredible power of God the Spirit. The abundant life that Jesus talked about when he was here, the abundant life that Jesus modeled while he was on earth, is ours because of the power, the life changing power of the Holy Spirit of God. And I've seen in your lives the fruit of that Spirit. I've seen those of you who want to do anything except go apologize or go be a peacemaker, and yet you followed the guiding of the Holy Spirit to reconcile. And to say, I'm sorry. I've seen you love someone that was not lovable in your eyes. But it's only possible because of the power of the Holy Spirit. I've seen you in the depths of sorrow and pain. And yet you've still been able to show deep, heartfelt joy because of the Holy Spirit. I've seen you, I've looked into your eyes when it seems that nothing else could happen that could be more of a a distraction and bring more chaos into your world. And yet, even in the midst of that chaos, when all of this is happening, you are still able to find peace. Oh, that's only because of the Holy Spirit of God working in your heart. So, we are Christ's letter to the world. We are Christ's letter to the world. And letters are meant to be sent. When we walk out of here today, I hope that we walk out with this realization that because of Jesus Christ, we have found hope. And that hope has changed everything. And that when we walk out, we we actually walk out with a purpose, with a mission. And that is the realization that we are a letter of Christ to this world. And letters are meant to be sent. Oh, I'd love to visit with you more if you'd like to talk about this. Some of you are not walking with Jesus right now. Oh, you're missing out on so much. I would love to let you hear more about Jesus and I would love to visit with you about what Jesus has planned for your life. The blessings that you could receive in walking with Him. If you'd like to be baptized, I would love to talk with you about that. We can, we can help you with that right now. But as we leave, let's just walk out with this key verse in our hearts that we are a letter of Christ we're going to close with a prayer and then after that we'll end with a song let's pray thank you dear God for redeeming us through the work of Jesus Christ that we have been cleansed from sin that it's possible for your spirit to live in us live inside of us because of the redemption that we found in Christ Jesus And, oh God, we thank you for the power of your Holy Spirit that that changes us, that molds us more into your image. And as we leave this assembly today, Father, we do so with the realization that we are a letter of Christ to the world. So I pray that we'll see every day as an opportunity to live out your glory and to show your grace to a world that needs to be loved. This is only possible through your spirit working in us. And we pray through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen.